Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and here once again with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, Pete Wright. You know what I just noticed? What did you just notice? It's the ADHD podcast 222. We are on uh, episode 222. 222. You know, I, we have a ritual, uh, a good luck ritual that I uh, somebody started in the sixth grade for me. Yeah. <laughs> where whenever the clock hits 222 or 333 or something, you have to kiss you make a, a wish. You have to kiss a wall and make a wish. So, oh, see, I knew about the make the wish, but I have to admit I've never kissed the wall. Yeah, you kiss. You have to kiss the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. Nice. Yeah, so it's really not a sanitary thing, depending no. on where you are. <laughs> No, not at all. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm going to stay with just making a wish. You should make a wish. But, you know, you may want to try it. You may want to just push that. See if your wishes become bigger or stronger. If you kiss but a wall kiss once in a wall. while. Yeah, yeah. All right. So everybody that's listening has to kiss a wall and make a wish because you're, you're listening to episode 222. Two, 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 two. Right now. Yes. Right now. Pete's yes. sixth grade self says... <laughs> kiss a wall do this uh we are going back to school this week i love it it's back to school season it's a subject that is close to my heart but before we yes, do that is. uh head over to take control adhd.com get to know us a bit better listen to the show right there on the website subscribe to the mailing list uh, and uh, make sure you get caught up on all of our episodes in your email uh connect with us on twitter and facebook take control adhd and call us 503-664-4add if you're going back to school we want to hear how it's going uh what tools are you using what strategies are you using to keep up and uh, get started on the right foot we'd love That's to hear right. from you uh we've got group coaching one more week to uh to get yourself signed up right mm-hmm. one more week excellent yep. get signed up uh you can find out more about that on the website take control adhd.com right there on the homepage. sign push the button learn more get your name on the list and um i think that's it yeah i think so all right so back to school Back to school. Back to school. Okay. Um, where would you like to start this particular conversation? Well, you know, I decided to, to make the first uh, topic of this series, easing the transition to college. And uh, um, this, you know, dealing with transitions in ADHD can be difficult, no matter what the transition is. Um, big ones, especially like getting married, having a baby, going to college. All of these things are really happy events, right? But they can cause still so much great, um, great deal of anxiety and stress in our lives. So we're going to focus on that transition of, of people 
going to college. So it could be a young adult, you know, leaving home for the first time, which, um, is kind of scary and exciting and everything for the college student and for the parent. Um, but it can also be for the adult who is going back to school and they're working. And, um, you know, I currently, I have a client who works full time as a teacher, but she's getting her master's in teaching as well. So gosh, what a a load there, you know, workload trying to, to, to do both. So, um, that's what we're going to talk about. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I love back to school season. I am, uh, I'm starting to teach my first uh, class. I'm teaching the second half of the first term. So uh, I'm not starting, but I'm just preparing my classes. I'm just starting to see my student list uh, show up. And so I'm, yeah, I've got this stuff on the brain. Awesome. Uh, so it's, this is great timing. And you're going to have a lot to contribute, I'm well, sure, I, I for the next so. few weeks. Yes. I hope. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, the first thing, actually, it's not even the first thing. It's a set of conversations that I would suggest um, parents having with their children, well, their adult children. Uh, but also, you know, if you're an, a, an older adult, I mean, not, you know, you're not 18, <laughs> yeah. going to school, um, having these um, conversations either with your spouse or a friend or a partner, just somebody to kind of bounce ideas is off of. Um, and it's really a, a set of conversations. This is not meant to be all one long conversation. Cause as you, um, are going to hear me talk, there's like about six different categories here that we want to, um, address. And one of the, the first conversations I would have with the student, um, that's going to college for the first time. And this is probably mainly for the, the younger adults is what do they expect the college experience to be like? And really just listen listening to them and, and hearing what they think it's going to be like, um, asking them questions about how, you know, of things that they're saying and, um, being really curious about what they think. It's not a time for you to tell them what you think it's going to be like, or what you know it to be like when you were in college. Um, but it's really just a conversation to get a feeling of where they're at. It's, it's an opportunity to really reflect on, on, um, you know, expectations to get that, that sort of a foundational set of expectations. Yeah. Well, and it just gives you a better idea of what is going on in the kid's mind, right? And in the student's mind, because, um, we don't want to assume that they're scared because maybe they're not. And we don't want to assume that they're excited because maybe they're scared. I mean, we don't know, you know, so it's just giving you a chance to have that conversation and a safe place for the, you know, hopefully for the the student to be able to, to talk to you about it and you not butting in with what you think. Um, and that's kind of the most important key here is just to really listen to them. Don't try to solve their problems. Sure. Um, Uh, but really just listen to it. And then the next um, conversation that I would have with your student is to kind of figure out, you know, what are the challenges that they faced um, when they were in school before? Um, You know, many students are coming from IEP plans already. Um, They've had challenges with time management, study skills, testing, you know, they kind of know that that's an area where they struggle. So having that conversation of, okay, so where where did you struggle the most? What subjects did you struggle the most and where did you succeed? What are your strengths? Um, what do you feel like you were really good at and really kind of taking a self analysis of, of, um, the good and the bad so that you can start to address these things, um, going into the college level, because as you know, it is different, you know, going to college than what you experienced in high school. And so trying to kind of, um, pre-plan maybe some of the issues beforehand, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, and I, you know, I'm, I'll speak up here on, you know, on behalf of faculty members. Yeah, uh, because this is really important to me too, uh, as as somebody who gets up in front of a class and teaches them. Is uh, if you have a particular weakness, if you have a subject area that was weak, if you have a particular skill that was weak, maybe it's in note taking, maybe it's in test taking, whatever it is. You know, there there is one side where you you get in touch with disability services, right? And and you're going to have to do that. Um, because faculty uh, are they're not allowed to have conversations right mm-hmm. um, with you about you know making study plans like I'm not allowed to go ahead and change the cl- the way the class works for you without some sort of interaction with the with the um, you know disability services because of you know FERPA and all sorts of regulations but I do deeply appreciate knowing the challenges that you are dealing with. So the first thing I'm going to say, if, if somebody comes to me, once you've had this conversation, get in touch with your faculty members that you're going to be working with because they need to know. Um, don't feel like you need to have shame or embarrassment or anything. Uh, talk to your instructors, talk to your professors because they or, or TAs. If you're if you're in a, a large lecture class, you may be working with a lot of TAs. Talk to them first. Let them know where your problems are, uh, problem areas are, challenges are because they they need to they need to know. And and then you know talk to the the other you know administrative um, you know areas that that can help you make a plan if you need to go that far. But but please work with your faculty members. Well, that's a really good point, and I think that this actually it, it goes into making sure that you do get in touch with the disability services prior to going to school to get those accommodations that you might need. Mm-hmm. Then when you do talk to your um, faculty members and your professors, you you already know what those accommodations are and what you need. Um, and some people assume that because they had them in high school, they're going to have them in college, and you can't make that assumption. You're going to have to go in and um, make sure you go through the right process and red tape you know, in college. Um, and there's so, no doubt there is red tape and the bigger the university, the, the likely the more red tape you're going to have to deal with. Yeah. So you're going to need to be, you know, be prepared to, to get in touch with your doctor to, to make sure that they will, um, you know, give you the formal diagnosis and the proof that yes, you have this and, and what are the accommodations to, to, that you need? And that's something to think about, especially when you're having this conversation around the, the challenges that you had last year in school. Um, and you know, some things to think about, which people may not know what, what is it that I need? Um, and just to give you a few ideas of, of things that I've seen with, with clients that I've worked with is extra time on tests, um, permission to take tests in separate, like quiet, quieter locations as accommodation. Sometimes you can alter the test formats. That's might be something that you ask for, um, extended time on certain assignments, permission to record lectures is a big one because we want to re-listen to what you heard. If you didn't catch everything the first time, that's an interesting one though, because I've like, I don't, I, I don't, nobody comes to me for permission to record my lectures. They just do it. Yeah. Well, I've never that's had, I mean, that's everybody. That's not just yeah. people with, with working on a disability plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, that's, it's probably yeah. a good course of action yeah. for sure. Um, but anyway, those are some of the things to, 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 to think about and, and, um, go to those, uh, services, you know, with and talk to your well, teachers. With, yeah. And you, so. you know, the, you said, you know, the people may not be sure what they need, uh, I think you could rephrase that. People aren't sure what they have available to them. Right. That right? too. That's, yes. that's a, you know, there are a lot of services that 
universities, particularly public universities, are required to offer you the second you, you know, you raise your hand and say, I have this issue. Mm -hmm. And so definitely go through the, the, go through the list because you may not know, uh, the services that are available that could make your life really, really easy. One of the, one that I have run into in my own experience is, uh, oral examinations, uh, for, for people who really struggle with sitting down and writing for an hour and a half, uh, you know, particular essays, et cetera. Um, you know, one of the, accommodations is to sit down with me one-on-one and allow me to interview you based Mm. on what you know. Uh, And sometimes people have much greater facility uh, when they're speaking responses. So that's another great option for people with ADHD who have trouble focusing on, on sort of pen and paper on just the white you know, white sheet or exam book or, or computer screen if they're, you know, taking a a response um, online. So. Absolutely. Well, and testing anxiety is certainly, um, a huge subject. And so that, that can definitely eliminate some of that by knowing that you can talk about what you know and not, and like you said, not have to write it or if the multiple, uh, choice questions really stump you or whatever. Absolutely. And, And the time too. I mean, I think that that's a big thing because if you are stressed about the time and then, you know, you start getting anxious about that, then you're just starting to guess and trying to get through it as fast as you can. I mean, a lot of those things, um, you know, can factor in. So, yeah. Okay. So now on a kind of a, um, off subject that doesn't have anything to do with like studying or, or school specifically is just basic life skills, having a conversation, um, with your student about when they're going to eat, when are they going to do laundry? Um, I know these things, these things seem really basic, but if you think about an 18 year old who has been living at home, um, probably having a lot of these things done for them, um, going out and doing it all of a sudden by themselves with ADHD, you're going to forget to eat and you're going to not even think about doing your laundry until you have no more clothes, right? I mean, this stuff is really important that your um, students have an idea that they're set up for success. So uh, having that conversation. It's so big. And, you know, I just want to say, and I'm, here's this, I'm admitting this here to you. Yeah. Uh, I am, I'm, here I am cruising through my forties, blasting through my forties. I'm talking (laughs) to, I teach, I teach at a university, right? This is, this is my experience. You would you would look at me, and by all uh, outward appearance, I appear to be an, an adult, a high functioning adult, and yet I forget to eat. I yes. forget to eat. It is not something that we can assume. You just wrap your head around whether you're 18 or 14 or 30. Um, like if you are, if or you're 40 something, or 40 something cruising <laughs> through your 40, you, you, these are the kinds, these life skills are so important. And so I, you know, I, I just feel like you, it is never too late or too early to start having these conversations about, you know, I, if I don't put eat on my calendar, I literally, I'll, I'll reschedule that and something, else, something else will get done over it. It's terrible. It, it's, it, well, it is so true. I mean, I, you know, I had a conversation just recently with one of my students that I coach and we were looking at her schedule and Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays are just packed. I mean, they're just like, those are her heaviest days. And we did, we had to sit there and really look at, okay, when are you going to have breakfast? You're not going to have time to go to the dining hall. So you're going to have to actually have some kind of breakfast in your room ready for it, you know, ready for you. So we were kind of talking about different options. Um, when are you going to eat lunch and putting in, like you said, putting that in her 
in her planner, in her calendar, eat lunch between this time. Otherwise she won't be eating until dinner because she's so busy in the afternoon. So, um, yeah, these basic life skills are really important. And I think even as parents, we kind of assume that they would just know that they eat at lunchtime, but I'm telling you, they don't, they (laughs) They won't think about it. They'll get distracted and you know, it it just, or they're going to eat, you know, be blunt. They're going to eat crap. Yeah. yeah. And, they're and gonna you eat, especially if they're on a meal plan, like if they're, if they're going the traditional route and, and obviously I should say there are so many different ways right now to get a higher education that, yes. you know, we make some assumptions and I think some of this assumption based on our own experience, right. uh, you know, sort of, but if they're on a meal plan, they're going to go and they're going to eat They're they're, they're going to have a lot of options because meal plans at most universities are really, really nice right now, but they're still going to go straight for the cereal bin and they're going to have that and like 14 little glasses of like like juice mm-hmm. and, and they're not going to eat potato chips or potato chips <laughs> or like, yeah, it's going to be yeah. awful. And so yeah. help, help coach them in the right direction. Absolutely. So, so that those are, that's a very important conversation to have and probably, you know, more than just one conversation. Right. Um, another conversation is around just basic study habits and I will be, um, we will have more tips on study habits in the podcast and also on the, on the blog. So please visit in the next few weeks, both of those come back to the podcast and visit the blog on, um, take control ADHD because you will um, find more information about that. But I think that the initial conversation is just getting an idea from your student. Um, you know, where is the best place for them to study? And, uh, you know, is it going to be in their dorm room? Is it going to be in the library? Is it going to be outside? Where are they going to be less distracted? Um, yeah, you know, build they... it, like you sometimes need to build a study map, like where, because those places are not going to be like, you can't have one place to study. Like you really need to be comfortable with a number of different places, depending on what's going on. Well, yes. And, and I think it's important to have the conversation of what helps you focus. Is, is that a fidget toy? Is that having background music? Because if your roommate doesn't like background music, then you've already eliminated one place that you can't really study unless your roommate's not there. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the things to kind of just work through and kind of figure out, um, you know, what you need, where, where you're going to focus the best. Um, and it may take some practice. And that's the other thing is I have a brand new student I'm working with right now who, um, is, is a freshman going in, um, for the very first time. And we really don't know where the best place for her to study is yet. And so, um, we're going to figure that out, you know, and then in the first couple of weeks of her starting school, we're going to figure it out. Um, but it's something to pay attention to and have a conversation around for sure. Absolutely. Okay. So let's see. That's it because we've already talked about the disability services. So I, you know, those are the conversations I would have, um, with, with students as they're going in. And again, if, if you're an adult going back to school, same kind of conversations that you're having with yourself or, um, with a partner or, or spouse or friend, um, just to be able to get that second pair of eyes to kind of help you, you know, figure this out. Like, how is this all going to work for you? Um, on a side note, if you're thinking about hiring an ADHD coach to get you through college, I, I, f- I think it's a fabulous service personally. Uh, <laughs> I do too. Um, I love, it, it is definitely one of the things I love doing. I love working with these um, students and, and uh, I had the pleasure of seeing somebody graduate last year and um, it was a great honor to see him get that diploma. So um, of course, you know, if you are interested in hiring a coach, you know, 
give me a call. Um, I can help with these conversations with your students as well as you and, um, you know, give them the support and accountability and everything that they need throughout the year as well. If you are thinking about hiring a coach, I do recommend that you meet, meet with that coach, um, prior to starting school, at least one session so that we can have these conversations before you actually get into the thick of things. Cause then it, it might get kind of stressful, not to say that it can't work, but if you, um, if you're listening to this and you're not starting school until the end of September, what I'm saying is you don't have to wait until the end of September mm-hmm. to, to talk to your coach. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, next or this week on the blog, you're going, I'm going to do a post on how to get your schedule right. And that has some really great ideas on how to schedule, um, for the person who has ADHD, mm-hmm. because your schedule might look a little different. Um, than somebody that, that doesn't have it. Oh, so that's so great. Especially, that. especially looking at the, you know, how to manage the things you can't control on your schedule. Yeah. That's oh, that's so big. Yeah. Can't good wait. stuff. All right. Uh, thanks everybody for uh, downloading, listening as always. And on the blog, speaking of the blog, uh, we've had uh, some folks go in and sign up for our new, uh, for the new, uh, blog email service. If you want to make sure you don't miss any of uh, Nikki's articles, so she posts, uh, twice, about twice a week, right? That's well, I do once doing. a week, actually once a week. once a week. Yeah. Because you've oh, got easy. the podcast once yeah. a week and you got the blog post once a week. And usually not always, but usually I try to do a theme. I'm a yeah. theme person. Very theme. <laughs> So whatever we talked on the podcast, I usually add, you know, I'll try to supplement that with the blog post, but mm-hmm. I can't always say that that's always going to happen because yeah. sometimes I just feel like writing and it has nothing to do with the podcast. Right. That's <laughs> right? Fair. That's okay too. And that's okay too. Uh, yeah. So thank you everybody. So go over to the blog. You can sign up uh, and have just the blog posts delivered to you whenever Nikki posts them. And so as soon as she <laughs> posts and publishes, you get the article in your inbox. So that's the deal. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Nikki, as always. Thank you for downloading and listening on behalf of Nikki Kinzer. I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week on uh, taking control the ADHD podcast. Mm -hmm.